Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. New book's coming out soon, Healing from Toxic It's coming out in five days. Oh, my gosh. Days. Yes. That's How are you feeling? I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm ready to tell people about how to heal from toxic relationships. Yeah, um, you know, we all we all could use a little bit of advice in that area sometimes. So, because everybody's been through a toxic relationship at some point. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh. I I don't have a book coming out. I'm just I just talk about movies. And should I? Your life is a fascinating book. You know what? Yeah, maybe one day I'll write that book. That would that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. What would you title a book about you? Like uh, it would writing? just be called Do I Really Have to Read This? Or something like that. It would be really like <laughs> just dry. I find that very apropos and I have no idea why. But that It would just be like some very dry sense of humor that just like, like do I really have to read this? And yeah, then somebody, that's what it, it sounds like. Yeah. And then I would want someone to look at that title in a bookstore and be like, you know what, I'm going to read this because the title just catches me. Do I right, really have to right. read this? Yeah. Yeah, I would read just because you told me not to. Exactly. It's that uh, yeah. contrarian mm-hmm. in us all, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls. Oh, and trucks, apparently. Um, yeah, I... we're here. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, did you say there are trucks behind you? Yeah, there was a truck that like blared his horn as I was talking. Oh, I didn't even hear it. Oh, well, there we go. Even better. Um, yeah. And we're talking about uh, season seven, for better or for worse, and uh, okay. episode sixteen, which is "Will You Be My Lorelai Gilmore," uh, which I totally forgot what that was in a reference to, and then I remembered why because oh. mm-hmm. Lane asked Rory to be her Lorelai Gilmore. Right. Like I guess her, the the godparents to her kids, so. Are yeah, Rory and Luke. Yeah. So. Um, but uh, yeah. Also, too, Rory has an interview with the New York Times, so that's that's something. Which is a fellowship with four positions, right? Or four four candidates. Yeah. But it, the, he, she's being interviewed in a coffee shop. That seemed. Yeah, especially like for the New York Times, people? which seems like the kind of place that wouldn't interview somebody in a coffee shop. Right. Like you would actually go to their building. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or Zoom. Yeah. I know Zoom wasn't a thing then, but... Skype, maybe, was the thing back then. Oh, possibly. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it uh, it did seem a little weird. A little, little too casual for the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Rory's planning Lane's ba- baby shower when she gets a call from the New York Times offering her an interview for, yeah, uh, a fellowship. Uh and then, uh, once again, Lane and Mrs. Kim having a fight. It seems like they just fight randomly, and it felt kind of weird because I thought they were kind of in better place. So, I don't know. That seems I think like... that's, that happens, though. I mean, they have a history of issues. Yeah. And so, it seems like they were doing smoothly, and then there was going to be something that tripped them up, maybe. Yeah. So. And uh, Logan, who's been keeping his uh, business uh, failure... Uh, with the whole uh, thing with the 
It starts with patent. That was it. I want to say pendant. I'm like, that's not it. Um, Yeah. He finally admits this to Rory, uh, which I mean, good on him. He for, you know, telling Rory about this. And uh, she seems weeks. Sorry. But it's also been weeks. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was that was a little like, huh? That you took your sweet time telling her about this, considering that right. both hers and yours livelihood are on the line there. Right. But, I mean, that could have been a deal breaker. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, Rory like goes out of her way to try to make Logan feel better, which I thought was a little weird, considering that like, oh, wouldn't you think Logan would be the one going out of the way to make Rory feel better? It's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like codependence. Yeah. And I get into this a little bit more next episode, but yeah, it's, she's, she's kind of placating him and putting, and next episode we definitely see that she starts putting his needs above her own and decides that, wait a second, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, Lore, I... and Lorelai kind of encouraging it a little bit, which I was yeah. surprised. Yeah. It's, it kind of seems to me like poor writing because... There is, like, a little bit up ahead in, like, a couple episodes where, like, Lorelai kind of thinks that um, Logan's pretty immature and she has issues with him. And then she seemingly tells Rory to, like, kind of just go out of her way to make him feel better. And I'm like, it just seems right. contradictory. Like, the writing doesn't right. seem consistent with these characters in the season. So. And again, Laura Graham doesn't remember, Lauren Graham doesn't remember a lot of the season she said because it was so out of character. Yeah, and I can see why. Yeah. Um, yeah, but before she can even do anything to help him feel better, he's already gone off to Vegas with Colin and Finn. So, which seems like, which just seems like a great place to uh, take your partner when uh, you, uh, or, sorry, I was distracted by all the car horns on the street. There. Yeah, he, he didn't even take his partner. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even that, but like, he's got financial issues now, right? Like, you would think going to Vegas well, after, with, with a penny lawsuit. My guess is financial, financial issues for Logan are probably not financial issues for, like, you or I. Yeah. Is my guess. I guess. Yeah, because I was like... And he's using their plane, right? So... Yeah. And he's, he avoids things. Mm-hmm. Which I think a lot of us do, but he takes it to an extreme because he has the means to do it. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, and then also to, uh, Luke th finds out that Liz and TJ are trying to sell his boat, which... So explain this to me. What rights do they... I thought this was Luke's house. So yeah. what rights do they have to the garage that they were going to put her jewelry business in there? I didn't understand that. It sounded like they had a ownership stake in the house. Is that correct? I didn't... Well, I know the place used to be um, Luke's father's. The dad's, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So I don't know what the ownership situation is in, in that scenario. I assume... They're just saying weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would assume Luke owns it, you know, based on what we see. But right. I also wonder, too, if he was really going to fight Liz on that because he's family, right? Like, right. But, I mean... But how... How presumptuous to sell somebody's boat up from under them. Yeah. That's... That seemed like a way big stretch to be like, 
yeah, you know, maybe it's one thing about owning that place, but to, like, go and sell what's in there is a totally different story. Right. So. It, I, I actually got angered by that, because I thought, wow, how presumptuous and how just pathological that they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to tell you when we got an offer if you want to sell it. Yeah. Like, that's not theirs to do that. I, yeah, I was like, okay, that's nice at least that they're waiting till an offer, but still, like, that also implies that people are going to come there and look at it, and that's problematic. And Right. Uh, and not to tell him, and he, he learns about it from Kirk. Yeah. I think it was Kirk. Yeah, I think it was, it was Kirk, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, for what it's worth, Luke decides, you know what, he's, decide, he's done holding on to the past, so he sells the boat to Kirk. And he buys a newer and bigger boat, so. Because that also has significance in Lorelai and Luke's relationship, right? Because wasn't it she, what did she do? She saved the boat from being sold? Or what was the, do you remember what that was a couple seasons back? That she, she rescued the boat or she put it in his garage or I can't remember what Yeah, like was. she held it oh, in the garage. Oh, he couldn't park on the street. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But it's kind of nice Taylor in a way, kinda... I think because... Luke is someone set in his ways, so for him to be like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to move on, I'm going to get a different boat, like, good, move no big on. Deal. Yeah. And and shocked Lorelai was saying, oh yeah, I bought another one. Yeah. And this one I can take April out on. And, yeah. yeah, like, you can tell, like, it's a little bit of character development for him, which I liked. Mm -hmm. And he says, like, things change, and you could tell that she was just kind of hurt by that. Yeah. Because she needed him to be a little more flexible, that's one of the reasons why they split up. Yeah, so seeing that he's kind of being a little more flexible, it's it's good to see. It's good character development. Yep. And you can tell he's still Luke. Like, he hasn't changed totally drastically, but, right. you know, just small little things. So. A little softer on the edges. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, they do have a, a, a baby shower for Elaine, but she's <laughs> bed rest. Uh, she's on bed rest while the baby shower is going on which i thought was cute so mm -hmm. um yeah uh let's go move on to uh favorite and least favorite performance in this episode uh best was luke yeah. because i think he handled that the script of that personality change pretty well well, not personality change was the word like for character development mm -hmm. um and worst was liz because i just yeah. And she's whiny and just insufferable. She's mm -hmm. like the new Zach for me, I think. Yeah, Zach's seemingly mellowed out a little bit. Yeah, Zach seems better, yeah. But, like, wow. I mean, I could even handle TJ over her, which is pretty amazing. That's saying a um, lot. That's yeah. character development for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I I just... Ugh. Ugh. Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm trying to think of, of uh, um, yeah, I guess for me, I would go with best. I would go Gil, just because Gil's always a, a warm spot. Oh yeah, Gil was there. Yeah. That's right. He's yeah. my reference too. I thought, did he bring his kid to the baby shower too? I think he did. I I'm not sure. I don't remember seeing the kid, but he could have. I thought I saw like a young. Like, he looked like Gil, too, but he was younger. He's young and blonde, yeah. 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 Um, and then, worst... I will say Logan, because just, like, I don't know. I just 
didn't have any sympathy for him. And I don't know if that's what the show was going for or what, but it just seemed like, I don't know, whatever they were trying to pull off with him, it wasn't working. And I think part of it was, yeah, right. his performance. So, um, Okay. Favorite reference from this episode? So Gil, when they were showing all the onesies, Gil made a Ziggy Stardust onesie by and and uh, hand drew it basically. I don't know what the correct art term is for that, but mm -hmm. freehand. He did it freehand. It was pretty cool. So yeah, that's my reference. Ziggy Stardust and David Bowie. Well, you you can tell he just kind of has fun doing doing stuff like that, mm -hmm. right? So. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have to go with the theme. No. He was like, I want to draw this because it's super cool. So. Yeah. I really like Gil. Yeah. He's up there with Paul Anka with me, you know. Like there are some characters and and Brian. I like Brian. Yeah, Bri Brian's so innocent. So how could you not like Brian? Right. Okay. Um. What's your favorite reference? Uh. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did like how Rory said, "Oh my God, the New York Times is calling me, and it's not the subscriptions department." Right. <laughs> That was good. If anything, because it's like, yeah, it's true. Most times you get times you get these places calling, but it's probably not the the kind of people you want to be talking to over there. Right, so. right. Instead, it's like meet me at a coffee shop so I can talk to you about this exclusive fellowship with only four people applying. Yeah. And that's uh, just weird. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Let's see. Uh, we've got uh, favorite. Quote. Do you have a favorite quote from this episode? It's also the episode title. Will you be my Lorelai Gilmore? Yeah. And that also led to a nice moment between Rory and Lorelai, too. Yeah. I actually put that to, uh, if anything, mm -hmm. because, like, I, I don't know. It's also, like, the show, it's the final season, well, at least until the revival. And it's nice that they were kind of bringing things around full circle, you know? Like, both of these uh, characters are starting to kind of get to a point now where they're becoming adults so right. yeah um all right we got uh, some trivia here uh this is the last appearance uh of kill at least in the, no! in the mainline show he pops up in the revival oh. but in the oh, main he does? show yeah oh how cool yeah um so yeah uh, poor one out for Gil. Best character in the show by landslide. Yeah. Um, a positive guy. Yes. He's just like a, a ray of, of sunshine in the show. Everyone's so worried about all their different drama, and Gil's just like, I make subs, I have a hot wife and kids, I live a good life, I like to rock right. out. I make like, out with my wife at concerts. Yeah. You know what? Very positive. Like, he's a very positive person. You know what? Mm -hmm. I, I support to Gil and is making out with his wife at concerts. Why mm -hmm. not? Live your best life. Oh, Gil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not afraid of PDA, that one. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, also, in a little bit of a callback, uh, in Season 2, Episode 17 of the show, Lorelai tells Luke that he should number his tables, and in this episode, Luke tells Zach, take these plates to Table 5. So, Oh, in, interesting. In between Season 2 and this, at some point, Luke decided to number his tables. Maybe took, took advice. Yeah. to also show that he's he's being a little flexible now. Yeah. So. 
So maybe this breakup helped him become more flexible. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, Rory says to Logan at one point, I have to change in the back of your car, dirty dancing style, uh, mm -hmm. which was a reference because Kelly Bishop uh, was in uh, Dirty Dancing. So, mm -hmm. Also, that movie's um, choreographer, uh, he, he's directed quite a few episodes, Kenny Ortega. Yes, Kenny Ortega, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Dirty Dancing and Gilmore Girls share a lot in common. Mm -hmm. oh. I feel like there's another connection too, but I can't think of it. I actually, I had this idea. I just had this idea, but what if Patrick Swayze? I mean, obviously he passed away and all that, but what if he played Luke? I could see that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that would be good. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Scott Patterson who plays Luke, he's great, but I don't know. In my mind, I'm like. I think there would just be like so much more of a cool factor if you had someone like mm -hmm. Patrick Swayze playing Luke. Well, and then Luke was only supposed to be on there for one episode, right? Or something. Yeah. He was just supposed to be like a, an extra side mm -hmm. character. Um, all right. Any mental health observations from this episode? Yeah, I thought Liz was highly manipulative. I mean, you just don't sell somebody stuff from underneath them. And I, I think what I've noticed in previous episodes is that maybe Luke gives her a little too much leeway when she does something inappropriate and this time i think he still could have been more assertive but he did tell her he's like this is my boat end of story um and i was also a little confused about what the whole ownership was of this of this place um because this is he lives above the diner right so this is just like a standalone garage somewhere i think yeah um but he was pretty clear with them and you know, to have two people team up on, on you like that is can be upsetting and i think he handled it really well um i also uh found it interesting that lane's talking about all the stuff that she's going to do as a parent because she didn't like to wear mother parented but lane's being just as extreme just in a different direction yeah so mrs cam is, is yeah i'll oh, go ahead like she was saying like what if her kids are are religious like she doesn't know how she would deal with that i'm like well yeah lane's response as well as they won't be you know and she's like you don't know yeah. I mean, yeah there's genetics that tell you which ways you know somebody might be interested in something but mm -hmm. yeah to, it's interesting that she actually is describing parenting just like her mother which is an absolute and yeah. she doesn't realize it yeah she's more like her mother than she would think and i think that there's a comment made later on in the episode where lane says basically you know i can't have parties after my mom because my mom did everything you know she sacrificed everything for me and then she realizes she goes and i'm going to be the same way Mm -hmm. And so it's funny, like, she realizes, oh, yeah, I am like my mom. Mm -hmm. And Lorelai had some really good points about, um, you know, that you can, everybody can be a little more flexible. And I think that's what she's also taught Luke. Yeah, Is for sure. Flexibility doesn't mean you're giving up your morals or your values or anything. It just means that you're able to look at things in a different way. Yeah, 100%. Um... Yeah, I just and you know even like well I'm no expert but you know I just like see Luke kind of grow and be more flexible you know mm -hmm. like you could tell Lorelai was the love of his life and you know he's kind mm -hmm. of taken that really uh, that breakup and he's kind of you know he could be constantly miserable but you know kudos to the show like it shows that he is actually kind of using that to change himself right. you know 
I'd be interested if he ever comes out and says something like I I did it for her or if he does it like more so for himself you know what I mean I think also going through the custody fight for April I think changed him yeah and like, I can he see found he, he yeah he found something that or someone that he could really attach to and that has meaning for him and I think that that changed things I think April gives his life meaning yes so just very interesting to see a character kind of grow and develop and you know he's a character that when you first meet him he seems pretty one-dimensional he's just the dino owner but cut forward to right. season seven and you know he's using this breakup to kind of you know improve himself and also too like he's mm -hmm. also uh you know trying to show up for april too obviously so right oh and then i thought of another thing too like so um one of the quickest ways you're going to fight with someone is to say you're just like your mother father whatever parent um and that's what liz did she said oh well you know you're like dad that you're afraid of trying new things and you know luke is very close with his dad and he got really offended by that um yeah. and uh and she's like well i love dad too but here's the deal um but you know you just don't bring that up you don't say like you're just like this parent or that parent because rarely is that used as a compliment yeah it's so just don't go there it didn't it definitely didn't come across the right way i don't think one of the best ways luke could have responded was thanks oh, yeah. oh they, i'm just like that great thank you Mm-hmm. So. okay i think it's time to uh give this episode a score what do you think of for a score it felt, like, felt like a little bit like the older episodes so i would probably give it a, a six or a seven yeah, I give it like a six. I did think it was better. I think you know we're seeing some more character development and stuff like that, and uh, that's always great. So I do feel like the show is kind of getting back to yeah, Gilmore Girls as we know it, right? So mm -hmm. uh, right. is it you know a hundred percent there? No, but um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I'd give it a six out of ten. Um, yeah, it is. It is quite good. Still not no, nearly as good as the earlier seasons, I think. But mm -hmm. it is at least a little bit uh, closer to what we what we know. So it seems like they're like they're getting a feel for the characters in the storyline now. Yeah, I would agree with that left. too, a hundred percent. How many more episodes left? Well, we yeah, this is uh, we have six episodes left of season seven, so we're in the home stretch. Okay. Uh, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is her current book, but you can also pre-order Healing from Toxic Relationships, her new book, which soon you won't even be a pre-order. You'll just be buying it. So. No. Yeah. We're coming on the 25th. Yeah, coming up three days. Wow. Be here before you Or 27th. You know. Five days. Yeah. 27th. Okay. Oh, 27th. Okay. So, yeah. But it's still pretty close, though. The home it stretch. Is. It is. Nice. Up there. I just got my boxes of books. I haven't opened them yet. So, oh. That's exciting, yeah. though. It is, it's always exciting to see it, yeah. Cool. Uh, and I'm over at threeingreeners.com, where almost every other day we've got new content going up. So, including where on Trumbull, the horror movie podcast, we're doing a Clint Howard double feature because Clint Howard really? is a national treasure and he should be celebrated. So. I really recommend his book. Or actually, it's Ron Howard's book, but Clint Howard has it. Um, and the audiobook 
anyway, he has a whole section where he, where he writes, where he speaks about you know his experiences growing up with a famous parent, a famous brother. Um, there's a, there's a great um, song that somebody sang that uh, it's Clint Howard singing. Or no, no, it wasn't Clint Howard. It was the people singing about Clint Howard. And at the end of the song, there was a little Ron Howard part where he cameos and he sings about his brother. So, oh really? Yeah, I think it's on YouTube. You yeah, can find it. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty adorable. So, and what a great sibling relationship too. Yes, between the two of them. You could tell that probably yeah, like early on they were told like you're getting along. So. And he's the, and Ron Howard talks about that about how that was emphasized with his parents that his parents he found his parents to be like really good parents and set good boundaries and one of the things they said is you guys are a team and you see that 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 has has stayed and they've they've gone through some rough stuff together but they talk about how you know it actually made them grow closer you yeah know? nice awesome well until next time everybody bye for now. <laughs>